Hello, I'm author Josh Sobalski. Welcome back to episode two of Second Story Work, the novel. In today's episode, we'll be listening to chapters three through five of my debut novel, Second Story Work. This novel was released on September 28th, 2020. In chapters one and two, we met our main characters, Derek, Messi, Hecky, and Arlove. We caught up with our main characters during their final days of college in Thunder Bay, Ontario, Canada. I hope you enjoy. Chapter 3, December 2007. Derek arrived back at his place and lay down on the futon. The boys blew up his phone with texts that he had no interest in reading. He felt sorry for himself for a few minutes and tried to shake it off. He stood up, walked to the bathroom, and felt a jolt of pain radiate up his back. He'd been suffering through sciatica since the summer prior when he injured it playing baseball. He popped some prescription oxy and washed it down with water. Derek heard a knock at the door. Without waiting for it to be answered, Messi burst inside. We're going out. I'm not going out, dude, Derek replied. Messi swarmed Derek and tackled him onto his couch. What's wrong with you? I just popped meds. I'm tired. Sarge, said Messi as he towered over Derek in a full mount. Do you have any more pills? Not for you, fucker, replied Derek. Sarge, said Messi in a serious tone. I know what happened. Fuck, let me go. Derek wrestled his wrist loose and stood up from under Messi. How'd you hear? She's out dancing. Jesus Christ, already? Derek stepped away from Messi and shook his head. He walked toward another room away from Messi. Are you still going home? Derek snapped a look over at Messi. Driving home alone tomorrow. Fuck that, Sarge. Fuck Renfrew. Let's go west, suggested Messi. Let's get in your car and let's fucking go. We can't. Derek turned to face Messi. What about home? Fuck it. Renfrew's full. I don't know, dude. I need time. No, replied Messi, taking a few steps toward Derek. You need to go out tonight. I have to get Christy back. Sarge, shouted Messi as he slapped Derek. She's out there already. It's over, dude. Time to do you. Derek hung his head. A decade, dude. I don't even know how to date. Dating is a waste of time. Drinking beer is not. Messi smirked. Did you learn that in your one day of being single, Mess? No. I just think that you and I can finally move on to better things. Messi wasn't going to leave Derek alone. They had a few drinks and hung out at Derek's apartment. Derek felt lost and confused. He didn't know how to meet a girl. He'd only ever dated one. He popped the second oxy to help with his back pain. He felt the pill begin to work as he watched Messi busting up his cocaine. Derek wanted in on that. Derek hadn't done many drugs in his life. He bumped cocaine once when he was 19 and was prescribed oxycotton a year ago. He only took them when the pain was unbearable, though he liked them a lot. Messi began to break up his coke with a credit card. He rolled up a $20 bill for his tutor and took a bump. He fell back into the couch and exhaled. Adrenaline delight hit him and he grinned. It's good. Have some. Messi handed the tutor to Derek, who took a small bump. Holy fuck, he thought. It packed a punch. Messi took another bump and looked over at Derek. You should email your folks to tell them you won't be home. Dude, stop, Derek said sternly. I'm still going home. Why go home? You're going to waste away there. Where else can I go, Derek wondered. Vancouver, shouted Messi. And do what? Live in my car? 
No, dude, let's get a place together. I can't live with you, Messi. I love you, but we'd end up killing each other. Derek leaned in to take another bump, and there was a knock at the door. Messi tossed him a textbook, and he placed it on top of the blow. Liso's worthless books are good for something, joked Messi as he walked to the door. He checked his face in the mirror before he answered. Hecky walked in and slapped Messi in the head. Sup, cunts, as he sat down next to Derek on the couch. Fuck all drywall, said Messi. I couldn't get anyone to come home with me, so here I am. I'm not going to bang you, Hecky, joked Messi. Why didn't you and Arla find a girl to share again, suggested Derek. Hecky looked at Derek and laughed. That was one time, dude. One pig roast is one too many, said Messi. Hey, it takes two pieces of bread to make a sandwich, replied Hecky. Are you here for any reason, Hecky? asked Messi. Yeah, I was wondering if you'd want to stay at my folks' place in Squamish for a bit and try to look for a place together in Vancouver. Messi and Derek looked at each other and laughed. Are you offering or asking? asked Messi. Offering. My parents said that you guys are welcome to stay for a month or two. Arlov's coming. I'm in, shouted Messi. Messi and Hecky looked at Derek and grinned. Derek rolled his eyes. When do we go? Mid-January, Hecky replied. Derek thought about it for a few moments and realized there was nothing for him at home. Fuck it. Let's go west. January 15th, 2008. Messi and Derek took a red eye from Ottawa International Airport to Vancouver International Airport. Hecky had already landed a position in a special effects department on a small Canadian television series. It wasn't huge, but it allowed him to get his union hours, and it helped that he was being trained in explosives on set. Within minutes of landing, Derek and Messi were waiting for their luggage by the luggage belt. Derek felt someone sneak up behind him and punch him in the back. Fuck! he exclaimed. He knew who it was. Messi laughed as Derek turned around and gave Hecky and Arlov a big hug. The boys were elated. It was happening. They were together on the other side of the country. They retrieved their luggage and walked to Hecky's van in the parking lot. Hecky explained that they had a long drive ahead of him to his folks' place. His parents lived an hour outside of Vancouver in Squamish. Squamish had a population of just under 18,000 people and was sandwiched between Vancouver and Whistler. It was well known for tourism, adventure, and offering picturesque views of water and mountains. Derek took his first breath of fresh BC air. It was crisp and clean. He could taste the freshness on his tongue like he had just popped the stick of spearmint. They loaded their luggage into the van and piled inside. Construction work was beginning on the highway's expansion for the Vancouver Olympics in 2010. Derek didn't care about the wait. He was optimistic about his fresh start. The film industry was booming, and he was getting in at just the right time. Hecky pulled his van into his parents' garage at around 3 a.m. They unloaded their luggage, and he led them into the house and downstairs to a large recreation room. The room had a modern decor and was equipped with two couches, a coffee table, and a TV. Two smaller bedrooms and a bathroom sat adjacent to the room. Hecky barked instructions. Messi, you and Sarge can stay down here. Arlov, you can have the room upstairs. Why does Arlov get to be upstairs? Asked Messi. Arlov isn't going to be getting muddy in my parents' bathroom, answered Hecky. Derek nodded his head and looked over at Messi. Messi grinned and replied, You're worried that I'm going to juice in your mom's caboose. Jesus Christ, exclaimed Arlov as he shook his head. Hecky laughed. Don't even look at my mom. Messi nodded his head. I'll find another old lady to sleep with. Anyone but my mom. Chapter 4 October 4th, 2009 Derek stood up to navigate his dumpy hotel room. 
he turned and bumped a piece of luggage. Tens of thousands of dollars scattered on the floor. Just a few stacks of the many he and the boys have. This bag has at least 60 grand in it, and there are more bags. And he and the boys have already paid their tax. They knew that they couldn't make a quick getaway with multiple bags of money. So they each keep a suitcase close by, just in case they spot the heat around the corner, like Neil McCauley. The boys have fought, bled, and fucking nearly died for the money on the floor. They might just die for it yet. January 16th, 2008. The first morning in Squamish, Derek used his flip phone to take video of the boys seeing the snow-topped mountains for the first time. They felt like kings in a castle, staring down at the rest of the world. Derek and Arlov walked into the living room and looked through the huge windows, gazing at the giant picturesque mountains in front of them. Derek walked over for a closer look, admiring the mountains and the beautiful view of the water. Jesus, exclaimed Messi as he walked into the room. That view. Hecky walked in the front door and hollered at the boys. We gotta roll the van. Get dressed, we'll grab food. The boys loaded into the van and drove into Vancouver to look at homes Hecky had found online. They toured all over the city but had no luck house hunting. They decided to hit pause and start fresh the next week. On Saturday afternoon, the boys boozed hard well into the evening. After working up a nice buzz, they called for a taxi and took a ride out to a local bar that Hecky had raved about. They rolled in at around 11 p.m. It was empty, much to Hecky's chagrin. They stood at a table near an empty dance floor, nursing beers. Messi looked around the empty bar and shook his head. Is it always this busy? He asked. Shut up, Hecky shot back. You know the crazy part is I think that Hecky's fucked everybody here, joked Derek. Both of them? Asked Messi sarcastically. I gotta have a smoke, said Hecky. We should bounce. Make sure you hold the door open for those ladies when you take them out with you, said Messi. Yeah, heck, said Derek. Show them chivalry's not dead. Oh, chivalry's dead, said to Messi. And feminism killed it. The boys finished their beers and cabbed back across town to another bar. Arlov sat in the front with the cabbie while Hecky sat sandwiched between Messi and Derek in the back seat. Arlov turned around to face the boys. I think we can all agree that Hecky never picks the bar again. Shut up, Arlov. And why am I stuck riding bitch? Asked Hecky. Bitch sits bitch, joked Messi. Messi, stop crowding me. Hecky turned up his nose. Jesus, you stink. You actually smell like you masturbated at the dump. Nope. I did, however, end my consecutive days with a shower streak at one. Gross, replied Hecky. Boys, I promise you this place will be better. It can't be worse, said Derek. The taxi pulled up in front of the bar. The boys exited the cab, walked inside, and paid cover. The bar was a large sports bar that had multiple pool tables and walls that were plastered with flat-screen televisions. The boys did a quick survey of their surroundings. The survey showed a 3-to-1 girl-to-guy ratio, which was good news for the boys. Messi led them through the crowd to an empty table along the wall where they sat down. Why didn't we come here first, Hecky? asked Derek. Too far, replied Hecky. The boys ordered shots. When their waitress came to the table, Derek dropped a stack of money on her tray. They distributed the shots and caught the attention of a table of girls adjacent to them. Messi looked over to the table and cracked a smile. You ladies want to do a shot? The girls stood up to approach the boys. Everyone grabbed a shot, clinked glasses, and slammed it. The girls then returned to their table. Drink and run, shouted Messi to several smiles from the girls. The girls continued to flirt with Messi. Messi turned back to the boys. Someone has to tackle the duff. 
Messi, Riley, and Derek shouted, Not it! God damn it, shouted Arlov. Nice, Arlov, shouted Messi. One girl approached the boys' table. She was a cute, firm brunette. She had a bump in her step as she approached Derek and looked up at him with Bambi eyes. Do you think ordering shots impresses people? Derek looked to the boys. I'm not trying to put on a show. Just playing catch-up with my friends. She grinned at Derek. You could drink a lot cheaper at home. So could you, Derek replied. She nodded and smiled. Derek continued. You know, you shouldn't be so pessimistic. What do you mean, she asked. Derek took a sip of his Zywick beer and set it down. I mean that if you hold on to negativity, it'll eventually destroy you. The world destroys everyone, she replied. See, that's what I mean, said Derek, as he stepped away from her. You're so negative. I'm really not. Prove it, said Derek, as he smiled and stepped away from her. She smiled. I'm Cassie. That was better, he said as he walked away. He navigated his way through multiple smokers in the patio before he lit a cigarette. He sat down on an empty table near the edge of the room and looked out the window at the mountains and the moon. A voice interrupted Derek's daydream. Can I buy a cigarette? Derek turned to see a beautiful smiling face. It was an older brunette. Help yourself, replied Derek. The lady held out a loony and Derek shook his head, no thank you. She pulled out a chair, lit her cigarette and sat down across from Derek. I don't usually smoke. Rough night tonight. I'm sorry to hear that replied Derek as he grabbed his phone and quickly texted Messi to get out to the smoking section ASAP. Messi had fantasized for years about sleeping with a woman in her 40s. Derek didn't like to sleep with vulnerable women. Messi did. She and Derek were chatting quietly when Messi showed up at the table. He took one look at the lady and grinned at Derek. He knew the play. Messi sat down with them, took a cigarette from Derek's pack, and lit it. He didn't smoke, unless he needed to. Over the course of the next few minutes, they chit-chatted before Derek excused himself. He walked into the bar and noticed that Hecky was sitting at their booth alone, playing on his phone and nursing a beer. Derek stopped at the bar and bought two more Leck Premium beers. He turned and bumped into Cassie again. Are you guys staying here or are you going elsewhere? She asked. I don't know. What about you? Not sure, she replied. Cassie had written her cell phone number down and handed Derek the small sheet of paper. Text me later? We can hang? For sure, replied Derek. He took the piece of paper and kept walking to the booth without looking back. Hecky saw him and slid over to make room. Derek sat down. Hecky grinned. What was that? 4 a.m. booty call, joked Derek. Not you too, snapped Hecky. Why, what's up? You aren't bringing a girl back to my place, Arlov already asked. Derek was in disbelief. Arlov found a girl? Yeah, replied Hecky. He took her back to her place. Jesus. Derek was digesting that bit of news when Messi walked over and asked, Can I bring a girl home? God damn it, replied Hecky. No. Fuck, Hecky, please. She's so hot and so old. Mess, no. It's weird for me. It's weird that you can't get laid. You never get laid, joked Derek. Shut up, said Hecky sternly. Want me to see if she'd let you in? asked Messi. No, yelled Hecky. Messi held his hand in the air for a high five. Tag team champions of the what? Gross. No, replied Hecky. <sighs> Fuck, fine. Messi walked away dejected. Hecky stood up, walked over to the bar, and ordered tequila shots. Derek watched Hecky fall apart in front of his very eyes. He slammed his four shots and ordered another four. The bartender shook his head no. Hecky slammed his hand on the bar and the bartender waved over to the bouncer who grabbed him and escorted him to the door. 
Derek and Messi waited in the bar for 10 minutes and then left. They took a cab back to Hecky's parents' house and found him at home in bed. Derek quietly closed Hecky's bedroom door and walked down to the kitchen to find Messi texting his girl. Derek followed suit. Messi poured two drinks in the kitchen and they waited. A few minutes later, they both received replies and passed along the address to the girls. Where are you taking her? asked Derek. I don't know, replied Messi. You? Hot tub? Do you remember the last time we were in a hot tub? asked Messi as a grin came across his face. Yeah, fuck. You came in the hot tub and yelled, tape them up, ladies. Messi grinned. Yeah, it was hilarious. Derek shook his head. Not if you were in there. Uh, I'm taking mine to my room. Make sure you double bag it so you don't end up with osteoporosis or something. Messi scoffed. Yeah, as if I'm going to wear a condom. Messi's girl arrived first and they went downstairs to the rec room. Messi told Derek that he would text him when they went into the bedroom so that Derek would be in the clear to bring Cassie downstairs. Derek waited patiently for her to arrive. He was nervous. He took an oxy to help with his ailing back. Cassie texted him at 2.15 a.m. Here. Derek opened the door and she walked inside. He checked his phone. Messi gave him the all clear. He took Cassie's coat. Can I get you a drink? Sure. Whatever you're having. Derek looked back at the kitchen. I'm going to have a Lodsky. Okay, I'll have whatever that is. Derek grabbed their drinks and led her to the basement. He took the last step at the bottom of the stairs and she spun him around and kissed him. They began making out and he picked her up and walked her over to the bed in his room. Derek began breathing through his nose. The smell of her skin and the scent from her hair drove him crazy. He laughed as she bit his lip and locked on. She began to unbutton his shirt. With every button undone, she kissed his chest. Her soft lips made the peach fuzz on his chest stand up straight. Derek pulled off his shirt and threw it on the floor. He could hear that Messi had soft rock playing in the background. Under the mask of the music, he heard Messi smashing his headboard into the wall. Sick fuck, thought Derek. Cassie ripped her top off and pulled Derek on top of her as she lay back on the bed. Moments later, they began having sex and Derek discovered quickly that she was a loud one. They had sex for 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes, changing positions three times until they took a water break. Derek went to the bathroom and took another oxy for his back before he took a piss. He opened the door to exit, and Messi was standing in front of the door in nothing but his boxers. He grinned at Derek. She showed. She did. Mine's louder, smirked Messi. Your girl's a hundred. Messi smiled again. Yeah, she is. How was it? Asked Derek. It was everything I thought it could be. And that's why it lasted 36 seconds. Derek shook his head, walked to his room, and walked inside. He could hear Messi banging the headboard again, slamming it into the wall as hard as he could. Cassie heard it too. She looked over at the wall and back at Derek. Is that your roommate? Yep. Fuck. We can be louder. Cassie smiled at Derek and he smiled back. Get on top, she demanded. Cassie lay on her back and Derek climbed on her and they began having sex again. She started moaning before eventually starting to scream. She paused for a second and grabbed the headboard. They started up again, together as one, smashing the headboard into the wall as she screamed and moaned. Derek could hear Messi and his girl getting louder. He knew he was hitting the headboard as hard as he could. For the next half hour, both couples went back and forth, smashing the headboard as hard as they could. Derek woke to the sun shining through the window into his eyes. His thoughts were water, piss, 
Tylenol, water, food, shower, water, sleep. He left his room and walked upstairs to the kitchen. He popped a few pills and drank some water. He got his bearings straight, walked back to the bedroom and went inside. Cassie was still naked in bed. He took a look over at her and then took a longer look at the massive hole in the wall behind the bed. The entire frame of the headboard had penetrated the wall. Fuck me. He moved in for a closer look and upon further inspection, noticed that it was a few inches into the drywall. Not a simple patch job. Derek then realized that Messi's room could be worse. Derek raced towards Messi's room and ran inside. Messi was banging his lady from behind. Don't you fucking stop, Derek exclaimed. Don't you fucking knock, Messi replied. Oh, I'm sorry, but I just noticed the giant fucking holes in our walls. Messi's lady scrambled to cover up with the bed sheets while he jumped off the bed and exposed himself to Derek. Messi, put some fucking pants on. Look, dude, we're not fucked, Messi said in a calming tone. We'll head to Horton's. We'll take the girls home, then hit the depot and get some patch-up shit. Do you know how to patch drywall, Messi? Because I haven't a fucking clue. Yeah, man, my uncle worked in construction. Really, Messi? You think that shit's hereditary? Like how I know everything about electrical because my dad was an electrician? Messi took a second. Look, bro, I learned a few things in the service. Don't be mad. You bang the wall as hard as me. Maybe even harder. Messi finished his sentence, and as he did, Cassie opened the door. Hey, Derek, can I get a rock? Cassie, asked Messi's lady. Oh my God. Mom, Cassie exclaimed. Messi and Derek's eyes locked and they did everything in their power not to laugh. Cassie was furious. Mom, this is fucking sick. These guys are half your age. Cassie, ew, I could hear you. Messi chimed in. Everyone could hear us. He stood with his chin held high. He was pretty proud of himself. And what about dad? You guys aren't even separated. Cassie's mom tried to reason with her. Honey, calm down. You know that we aren't together. Cassie snapped back. You still live together. Oh, Jesus, uttered Derek. Cassie looked to Derek with utter disgust. I need to go. Messi chimed in. We'll take you home. In perhaps the most awkward morning after in the history of morning afters, Messi and Derek used Hecky's van to drive the girls home together. They then bought building materials and headed back to the house. They pulled their materials from the back of the van and carried them through the house into the basement. At the bottom of the stairs, Arlov popped out of nowhere and scared the shit out of the boys. Jesus Christ, Arlov, screamed Derek. Where'd you come from? Just got in. What's with this shit? You guys building an addition? No, we made a tiny big mistake, said Messi. Arlov smiled. Yeah, I saw the holes. You guys are dummies. Did you try to compete with each other? No, no judgment, said Derek, as he wiggled his finger in Arlov's face. How are you going to repaint the wall? asked Arlov. Derek and Messi looked at each other and shook their heads. Fuck. Chapter 5, October 4th, 2009. For the first time in his life, Derek has more money than he would ever need. He and his boys have pushed their chips forward and met something that they may never understand. They've gone from poor to rich in a matter of months and now live in a world that will take some getting used to. Their anonymity is gone. Their freedom to walk without fear is gone. They've brought a world down on them. Being rich has a cost. They've hit the lottery, but not the lottery where you go take a picture with a giant check. Not the one where your name and picture gets splashed in the headlines. No one in Derek's family is calling him for a dollar. The people knocking on his door will swing an axe to come inside. 
none of the money can be touched. Most of it is inaccessible. If he were to go after it, many alarms would go off. Too many people are out there looking for his stacks. Derek is pining for his big stacks and his fresh start. In the meantime, he gets to sit in the shitty hotel on his little stack of cash and have no fun. Well, some fun. He can still buy drugs. No drug dealer on earth has asked where the money came from. January 2008. The Monday after their crazy weekend, the boys went to Vancouver to look for more potential rental homes. The first two homes they looked at were complete dumpster fires located in bad neighborhoods. The third home was a four-bedroom, two-full-bath, two-story home in an industrial area of Burnaby. It was renting for $22.50 a month plus utilities, a bargain in Greater Vancouver. The home had three bedrooms upstairs and one on the main level. Two of the bedrooms had adjoining walls. Hecky joked that Messi and Derek could hear each other if one of them had a girl over. After some discussion, the boys decided that the third house would be the best spot for them to live. They signed a lease and got set to move to Burnaby. The following evening, Hecky tried to rally the boys for a night at the Rippers. Arlov took the night off while Hecky dragged Messi and Derek to a dirty Squamish strip club. Hecky was hunting for more than just lap dances. He was on the hunt for blow. Messi and Derek knew it and didn't take any issue with it. They had the same plan. A waitress arrived at the boys' table and they each ordered a beer. After one look around the bar, Derek spotted three potential drug dealers. One of the dealers was a short, skinny, sketchy little man that was tweaked up on something. He'd be Derek's provider for the evening. The beers arrived at the table and the boys settled up with their waitress, $9.50 apiece. They each gave her a $10 bill. Hecky grabbed his beer and stood up to take a lap. You coming? No, I'm good, replied Derek. C'est la vie. Hecky turned and took off to look for more drugs and girls. Messi and Derek sat quietly at the table, staring at a television in the corner of the bar showing an endless replay of hockey highlights. Messi looked over at Derek and grinned. What do you think they have in that office upstairs? Not sure, replied Derek. An abortion clinic? Tommy Stairs, abortionist, joked Messi in a thick Brooklyn accent. Derek laughed and looked back at the television. The boys stared at the TV and nursed their beer for nearly an hour. Derek discreetly popped his last oxy. Messi caught a glimpse and grinned. What was that? Tylenol. I got a headache, Derek replied. It was not. Fuck. Fine. It was an oxy. You got any more? Messi wondered. Nope. I took them all. The whole bottle? Yup, answered Derek. Messi wanted to score and leave, but he knew he couldn't walk up to a stranger and ask for cocaine. Derek wanted more as well. He watched the tweaker dealer walk into the bathroom and he knew he had a chance to score. I've got to hit the head, said Derek. Yeah, dude, I'm going to circulate, replied Messi. The boys stood up from their seats and walked through the crowd in different directions. Derek walked into the bathroom and checked under the stalls to see if the tweaker and him were alone. They were. The tweaker stood at a urinal. Derek walked up to the stall beside him and began pissing. You holding? The tweaker looked Derek up and down and nodded his head. Derek looked straight ahead. I think I'm going to get one rye and coke from the bar with the money in my back pocket. The tweaker nodded his head, zipped up, threw a gram of blow on top of the urinal, and reached his hand in the back pocket of Derek's jeans. He took his money, washed his hands, and left. Derek tucked his gram away in his back jeans pocket. He wasn't even one step out of the bathroom when he bumped into Messi and stopped. Messi was holding a glass of water and looked to be in a panic. 
Are you drinking a water? Asked Derek. Yeah, dude. I'm thirsty. Dude, that's got to be the filthiest water on earth. Messy snapback. Dude, we got bigger problems. Heck, he's been with the stripper for eight songs. He's got money. He didn't have to pay to renovate his parents' house, Derek replied. Do we leave him in there? Messy wondered. Give him 10 minutes. If he doesn't come out, we bounce. Messi and Derek went back to their table and waited for 30 minutes before they left the bar and took a cab back to Hecky's parents' house. Derek lay down and stared at the ceiling. He had little desire to start bumping lines by himself. He rolled over and went to sleep. At 4 a.m., he woke up to the sound of Hecky and Messi laughing outside his door. He needed to go out and control them. He opened his bedroom door and walked out into the rec room to find Messi and Hecky bumping lines off the coffee table. Hecky was speaking loudly. She said she really likes me. Who's this? asked Derek as he sat down on the couch. Messi laughed. The stripper. That's great, Hecky. How many 20s did you feed her to say that? Derek joked. Messi slid over and Derek sat beside him. Hecky wasn't pleased with Derek's stripper quip. This was after, dude. We were out having a smoke. Hecky began explaining how he got her number. Derek lost interest, rolled up a 20, and bumped the line of the boy's blow. Messi looked at Derek and grinned. Hecky paused mid-sentence and exclaimed, After all the shit you gave me, you fucking hypocrite. Derek was caught red-handed. Fuck off, I was just breaking balls. I'm not busting you about the stripper though, that shit's fucked up. Messi chimed in. You're pretty hard on him and now you come in and do it with us like it's nothing? Would you rather I sit here not doing it? Derek asked. Maybe I could just stare, make you feel uncomfortable. Just sit there and shut up, said Messi. You can hang out here, you cokehead, added Hecky. Are you and that stripper going to have kids? Derek asked. If I ever have kids, I'm going to feed them yeast so they raise themselves, said Messi. You'll call that number, said Derek. Hecky pulled his phone and a piece of paper from his pocket and dialed the number. He put his phone on speaker. It rang twice and the call was picked up on the other end. A woman's voice spoke. The number you have dialed is not in service. Please try your call again later. Hecky hung up the phone. Fuck! Try again, said Messi. Hecky dialed the number again. Slower this time. The number you have dialed is not in... Hecky shut the phone mid-sentence. God damn it. What'd you expect? Asked Derek. Well, my intention was never to marry her. I just wanted to bring a girl home for once. Messi cut in. Paying a girl to smash her tits in your face is not a good way to pursue women. Lots of time for practice when we get to Van, said Derek. Now mash up a line. I want to fire it up. Thanks so much for listening. That's it for this week's episode of Second Story Work, The Novel. We'll see you again next week. Take care.